0: Want you to imagine that I'm holding a flower or a piece of grass. Now, that flower or that piece of grass, does it last forever? No, it doesn't. It might be green one day, or the flower might be nice and colorful and pretty one day. But then, what would happen to it? Maybe not right away, but eventually it's going to die. It's going to fade. The grass would turn brown. The f- same thing would probably happen to the flower. It, it gets old. It dies. It fades away. But the Bible tells us about something that will last much longer. And it will not fade away. Something that lasts forever. And it's our memory verse for today. And our memory verse is found in the Bible in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, verse eight. Now we know that the Bible is a very big book, right? I couldn't read the Bible all in one day, and it would probably be very challenging to read it all in even one week. The Bible is a big book. It's made of 66 smaller books. And we know that the Bible has two parts. The first part in the front is called the Old Testament. And then we have the second part in the back, called the New Testament. Now these books, they're divided into chapters and then they're divided even further into verses. We call the name of the book, the chapter number, and the verse number, the address or the reference of the verse. So the address of our memory verse for today is found in Isaiah 48. Now how you find it in your Bible you can find the book of Isaiah if you know how to find it. Or if you don't, usually in the front of the Bible there's a table of contents. You can look at that page, find the book of Isaiah. It starts with an I. And then you will turn to the page number, find the chapter 4040, four, and then you will ch- change to find the verse. And it's verse number 8. Isaiah 48 is the address of our memory verse for today. So now we know where it is, but what does it say? What does it mean? Let's find out together. It says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. Now, what does that mean? Well, I already told you. Grass and flowers, they fade, they die, they turn brown, they don't live forever. When the grass is alive, it's green, it's usually soft. When the flowers are alive, they're beautiful, they're colorful. But the grass and the flowers, they wither, they fade, they dry up, they die. The colors of the flowers are no longer bright. Nothing in our world lasts forever. Nothing. Everything in the world dies. Even people. Animals. We die. People get old. They lose their strength. They eventually die. When God made the world, He made it to be perfect. He made people to know Him and to love Him. But they choose to go their own way. Choosing to go your own way instead of God's way is sin. Because of sin, Things do not last forever. And then the rest of the verse says, But the word of our God shall stand forever. So that tells us there is something that will last forever. And it's the word of our God. Because God is eternal. He's always been here. He's always will be. He has always existed. The Bible is God's message to us. God's true word, the Bible, it is going to last forever. God's word is how we know who he is. When we read the Bible, we find out who God is. We find out what he is like. It's not a human idea. It's God's book. God chose to tell us what he is like through the Bible. Through the years, the Bible has been carefully copied by men called scribes, and today we're going to learn about one of the scribes named Baruch. God protected his word through thousands of years, and we call that preservation. Can you say that word with me? Preservation. Say it again. Preservation. Yes, God protecting his word. We call that preservation of the Bible. The Bible will last forever. But maybe you don't even have a Bible in your home. All of our lessons that I share are from the Bible. You can know they're true. Later we're going to talk about how we can know the Bible's true, why we can know that the Bible is true. The Bible is God's true message to you. It tells you about your sin. It tells you about God and His love for you. It tells you about how God made a way for your sin to be forgiven. And it also tells you how God helps you to live here on this earth once you believe in Him. So, we need to remember something today. And what we need to remember is that the Bible is true. I'm going to ask you to say that phrase with me throughout our time today. The Bible is true. So let's say it the first time now. Ready? The Bible is true. Yes, you can read the Bible. You can learn more about God when you read the Bible. And if you have already believed in Jesus as your Savior, God speaks to you through the Bible. You can be confident. You can know for sure that the Bible is true. It will never pass away. You can try to read God's word every day so you can learn how to love God. So you can learn how to live for him. You can start doing that today. Let's say that verse again. Isaiah 48. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Isaiah 48. Eight. ever seen a book that someone has written? I'm not talking about any type of storybook. I mean, a person who wrote a book about themselves. That's called an autobiography. For example, if I were to write a, a book about my life, that would be an autobiography. A biography is a book about a person, a real person, a true person. And by reading those books, you can learn more about the people, even though maybe you've never met them. When we read the Bible, we get to know more about God and we get to know what He is like and the things that He has done and things that He will do. We know that the Bible is the Word of God. Because of God's love for you, He gave you His Word, the Bible, so you can know Him. You can know what He's like. Who is God? What is He like? The Bible tells us. He's the creator. He made everything in the universe. He made everything, including you. Just look at your fingerprints. You have a different fingerprint than anyone else in the entire world. Everybody's fingerprints are different. God made you with your unique fingerprint. You are like no other person. This is just one way God tells you you are precious to him. Another truth is that God loves you. He loves you very, very much. In fact, the Bible says that God is love. God's love for you, it will never stop. It's more amazing than you can ever imagine. Another truth is that God is holy. He has never done anything wrong. He is pure. He is perfect. He always does what is right and good. God is also the king. Because he made the world, it is his, and he's in charge. God is the creator king. He's holy. He loves you. When you look at your fingerprint, you can remember that God loves you. These are just some things that the Bible tells us about God. And it tells us about what he's like. That's why God gave us the Bible, so we can know him. We can know what he's like, but the Bible is a very old book. It is. Some parts are thousands of years old. How can you know for sure? That the Bible we read today is really God's true word to us. We can know because God used men and their personalities to write down his message to the world. The Bible wasn't written down by just one person. Nope. God chose about 40 different people to write his words down. It took about 1,500 years. Most of the writers didn't even know the others but because the bible is god's book and not man's book every part of the bible agrees with the other parts even though the writers didn't live at the same time or in the same place another reason you can know the bible's is true is because god has preserved it do you remember that word from earlier preservation That God has kept his word through all those years and generations? God has preserved. He has kept his word. Thousands of years ago, the Jews, who are God's chosen people, they had people called scribes. And these scribes had a very important job. They were to copy down God's word over and over so that it would not be lost. Now, these scribes, they didn't have computers. They did not have copy machines, printers, or even like the types of paper that we have today. They didn't have those things. So where did they copy God's word? They copied it onto scrolls. Scrolls that were made of animal skin. That's called parchment. Or they may have copied it onto a type of paper that was called papyrus. Now these scrolls, they would eventually fall apart. And then they would have to make new ones. They would have to copy God's word onto new scrolls. Now, you may have seen a scroll before. You may have seen a picture of it. Or maybe you've seen it in a movie or something like this. But a scroll, it basically is like two tubes kind of rolled up together. And then you can unroll them. And there's something to read off of in the middle. And so there's the scroll that the scribes would write God's words onto. They had to be very careful when they copied God's word. They had to be very careful. If they made even a tiny mistake, they'd have to start over. When they came to God's name, they even had a special way to stop and show respect to God before they copied his name. That's one way we can know the Bible's true and it's accurate. The scribes were very careful copying God's word for hundreds of years. Remember that statement I told you, that little phrase, the Bible is true? Let's say that again. The Bible is true. Another way we can be sure that the Bible is the true word of God is because God spoke his word to these men called prophets. And these prophets, they spoke for God. The Bible even says that God through the Holy Spirit, spoke to men and they wrote God's words or God's prophecies down. God told the prophets what to write and through their words and their personalities, they wrote down God's words. One of those prophets was named Jeremiah and one of the scribes was named Baruch. Now, Jeremiah and Baruch, they lived in the kingdom of Judah and it was during a very difficult time. God's people were worshiping false gods that means like idols, not the one true God. And that made God very sad. God knew that loving and obeying him was the best way for his people to live. But they were not obeying him. If they didn't choose to obey God once again, God would have to punish them. God was giving some words to Jeremiah to get the people's attention. God spoke to Jeremiah and God said, write down these words that I tell you. I'm going to punish the people because they have turned away from me. But write these words down so when they hear it, my people may turn from their sin back to me. God's people, they did not believe in the one true God. They they were not having respect for God or for God's word. And when you don't have respect for God's word and when you don't, don't believe in him, That is sin. Sin is going your own way instead of God's way. If you have thoughts like, I don't care about God or the Bible isn't true, it's just made up stories. If you think those things, or if you say those things, that is sin. Worshiping other gods besides the one true God of the Bible is also sin. The Bible even says that the heart is desperately wicked. Our hearts, the part of us that thinks and feels and decides, they're sinful. They deceive, they trick us into not believing God. And you are born sinful. You have a want to to go your own way. Going your own way may seem like a good idea for a while, but God's true word says going your own way instead of His way separates you from God now and forever. You can trust what the Bible says. Because it's God's true word. Say that phrase again with me. The Bible is true. Ready? One, two, three. The Bible is true. Not believing God, not having respect for God or his word. It's sinful. God's people did not believe him. They had lost their respect for God. They had lost their respect for God's word. They were even worshiping other gods instead of the one true God. God wanted his people to love and obey him and to have respect for his word. When God spoke to Jeremiah, Jeremiah told Baruch the scribe to write down the words. And Baruch wrote them down. I don't know how long it took, but I know that Baruch was very careful because scribes were very, very careful. When Baruch was done writing down those words, Jeremiah told him, go to the temple. Now, the temple was the place where the people got together to worship God, kind of similar to a a church today. Jeremiah said, you need to read these words to the people. When they hear it, they might turn away from their sin and they might um, want to obey God again. Then God will show mercy to them. God has given his people many, many chances to love and obey him. He was offering to show them mercy. Can you say mercy with me? Mercy. Now, mercy That's showing forgiveness, even when someone deserves punishment. God was giving his people a chance to turn from their sin and come back to him. That's why God gave Jeremiah his words for Baruch to write down. But you know what? That's also why God gave you and me the Bible. So we can see how God shows us mercy, even though we deserve punishment for our sin. The Bible tells you about your sin, but it also tells you how you can be forgiven. God made a promise to the very first people that he would send a Savior. A Savior? Someone perfect, who would take the punishment for sin once and for all. Around 600 years after Jeremiah and Baruch lived, that Savior came. Prophets like Jeremiah, they they spoke about the Savior. They wrote about the coming Savior. They were saying he's coming and this is what he will be like. We can read these prophecies in the Old Testament part of the Bible. In the New Testament, we learn about the Savior. We learn what he was like. We learn that his name is Jesus and that he's God's son who never once sinned. He's perfect. He was the only one who could take the punishment for your sin. He allowed men to nail him to the cross. He suffered. He died for your sin. When he was nailed there on the cross and he died for your sin, he was taking your punishment for sin. He allowed those Roman soldiers to nail him to that cross. But then Jesus, his body was wrapped, placed in a tomb, but he came alive again the third day after. The Bible says, and you might remember this memory verse if you were joining us last week, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. If you remember it, you can say it with me. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The scriptures is another way to say God's true word. Just like God said, Jesus died for our sin and he came back to life. He's ruling today in heaven. Say that again with me. The Bible is true. Ready? The Bible is true. Because God gave us the Bible, we can know how God showed us mercy by sending Jesus to take the punishment for our sin. God was showing mercy to his people that day. He was giving them his word. He wanted them to come back to him and to turn away from their sin. Now, Baruch, he did what Jeremiah said. He went to the temple. He read the words out there. And there was one man Name Micaiah. Now Micaiah, he went to where the other scribes were and the other officials who were important people in the kingdom. And Micaiah, he told them, Hey, Baruch, he's reading from God's word. God would punish his people unless they turned back to him. Well, the scribes and officials, they wanted to hear this for themselves. So they sent Baruch to come to them and to read them the words of God that God had given to Jeremiah. The officials and the scribes, they were very afraid of God's message. They were afraid because God was saying, if they don't start obeying him, there's going to be a punishment. The scribes and officials said, we have to tell King Jehoiakim. That was the name of the king at that time. But they had one more question for Baruch. So the scribes and the officials, they asked Baruch, tell us now, how did thou write all these words at his mouth? thou is another word for you. Then Baruch answered them. He pronounced all these words with his mouth, and I wrote them with ink in the book. God gave the words to Jeremiah. God was speaking to his people through his word. If you have believed in Jesus as your Savior, God speaks to you through the Bible. The Bible is God's message to you. In it, you will learn what God's like. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Those verses tell some of the reasons God gave us the Bible. All of the Bible is breathed out by God. God is the author. The Bible helps you by teaching you more about who God is. It corrects you when you sin. It helps you to live right, to know God, to love him more and to live for him. When you read the Bible and you let God speak to you through it, you'll be ready to do the work God has created you to do. That doesn't mean you will hear God's voice like you hear a parent or a friend talking to you. But when you've believed in Jesus as your Savior, every time you read the Bible, God the Holy Spirit can help you understand what you read. Each time you can learn something new, or you can be reminded of something important about God. God speaks to you through his word, the Bible. God was speaking to his people through the word he gave to Jeremiah. After Baruch told them how God had given the words to Jeremiah, the officials and the scribes, they said, you and Jeremiah need to hide. You're not safe. Jeremiah and Baruch did go to hide. And then the officials, they took the scroll from Baruch and they took it to the king. And the king in his room there, he had a fire going because it was must have been a bit cold. So he had a fire to keep him warm. And one of the men, they took the scroll and they started reading it to the king. But after reading just a few lines, the king did something so shocking, so amazing, so uh, surprising. The king took a knife and he cut off the part that had just been read and he threw it in the fire. The man would read a little more of God's word that Baruch had written down and the king would cut off that part and he would burn it too. Several of the men, they told the king, don't do this. But the king, he did not listen. He continued cutting up the scroll until the whole scroll that Baruch had written of God's word was burned up. You would think that the king and those around him would have been very afraid and ashamed of what they had just done. But they weren't. They had no respect for God's word. They had no respect for God. Were God's words to Jeremiah gone forever? The king wasn't done with his wickedness. He ordered Jeremiah and Baruch to be captured. But the Bible says that God hid them, and God protected them from that king. After the king burned the scroll, God spoke again to Jeremiah. And God told Jeremiah, take thee again another roll and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll. What did God tell Jeremiah to do? God said, Jeremiah, get another scroll, write it all down again. And this time God said more things, including that he was going to punish the king, King Jehoiakim and that none of his children would be king after him. Because the king and the people of Israel had not listened to God's word and his offer of mercy, God would punish the people for their sin. (laughs) This was a very sad message. Jeremiah, he took a new scroll, he gave it to Baruch, and Baruch, he wrote down all the same words that God had given to Jeremiah the first time. God even added some things to the message this time. He could do this because it is his word, and only he could add to it. God gave his word to Jeremiah again, even though the king had tried to destroy it. The paper God's word is written on may be torn up or burned, but God's word can never be destroyed. That's just one example of how God preserved his word, so we can have it today. God has taken care of his word, so we can know for sure it is true and it's accurate. Remember that phrase we're learning today, the Bible is true? Can you say it with me? The Bible is true. The message God gave to Jeremiah is in our Bibles today. It's in the book of Jeremiah. God gave us his word so we can know him. We can know who he is. We can know what God's like. He also gave us his word to show us who we are and how much we need him. Second Timothy 3.15 It says that God gave us the scriptures to make us wise unto salvation. That means the Bible tells you and me that we need salvation from our sin. Maybe as you've listened today, you've seen God for who he is. You've seen yourself for who you are. That is what God's word does. That is what God's word is for. It's powerful. It is not like any other book. The Bible tells you that you've sinned and that Jesus died and came alive again. So you can have your sins forgiven and you can be close with God. The Bible says, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. You've heard God's word today. Will you turn to Jesus and believe in him? To believe means to trust completely in Jesus, that he's the Savior who died and rose again for you. If you believe, then you'll have everlasting life. That means you'll be close with God here on earth, and then someday you'll live with him in heaven. He'll help you to trust his, trust his word and understand his word so you can love him more each day. When you believe, you won't be punished for your sin. Will you believe in Jesus as your Savior today? You can do it now if you want. You can pray and tell Jesus something like this. Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I am sorry. I believe you died and rose again. Please give me everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen. You can tell him something like that, and you can truly mean it. And he will forgive your sin. He will give you everlasting life if you truly ask him. It's a wonderful promise. And God never breaks his promises. Well, that's all for this time. I'll see you next time. Bye.